Okay, hello, hi, how's everyone doing today? And uh, welcome to another episode of Bumper to Bumper. I am your host, Chris Candy. Um, we're back. We're back again, uh, live from the Vortex. I'm, I'm calling today, I'm talking to y'all. I'm in Santa Monica, California, right next to uh, the dump. <laughs> Literally by the dump. Uh, and Bergamot Art Station, where they got all kinds of art going on. Um, I'm excited today because uh, I'm on the west side and I'm picking up my good friend, James Rickman. James is a, is a very, very talented musician. Um, he has now uh, parlayed himself into an uh, editor of sorts. He works for a little magazine. I, perhaps you've heard of it. It's called Playboy Magazine. Um, really excited to have him on, but I, I don't care about the Playboy stuff. I'm more interested in... Um, all of his, uh, all of his uh, stories being in Slow Gherkin, being I grew up listening to his band. Uh, I used to see him play at the Troubadour. They're a really popular ska band from the Santa Cruz area. It's going to get nerdy. Rick is screwed. Rick's, <laughs> Rick's screwed today. Um, it's going to be a lot of me and James. Um, but that is what I'm talking about right now because <laughs> I just don't want to say neither here nor there. Um, everything's going good, but we should call Rick up now. Get this, uh, get this podcast going because I, I need him. All right, I'm calling him up right now. Here we go. Here we go. Dialing him up. Hello, Chris Candy. <laughs> hey, Rick Darge. How are you? I'm doing great. Doing That's great. wonderful. That's How great. are you? I'm good, man. I am good. I'm just, uh, I'm driving. I'm in Santa Monica right now. I'm going to get James. James. What's uh, James's full name? James Rickman. James. That's funny because I'm Rick and I am a man. What? <laughs> what? Yeah. Wow. Hold on. I got to make sure I make the right. I, I, I'm, I'm going huh? to his place or his, I don't know what place I'm going to pick him up at actually right now. I know he lives uh, in Venice, but I'm not going to Venice right now. Um, how are you doing, cool. Rick? What's going on? I'm doing good. Right now, I'm uh, I'm cruising through my neighborhood because I I haven't really explored Mount Washington, and I'm going through the uh, the narrow streets right now and just trying to get a lay of the land. Mm-hmm. I got to go pick up some espresso beans today. Oh well, yeah, I you... sound like a real piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, you do. You sound like a very privileged man. <laughs> I'm cruising just driving through my, around my new neighbor the hills. Yeah. And I need to go get some espresso beans. I got a question um, for you. Is it espresso uh, or espresso? It's espresso. There's no X in espresso. Okay. Well, I'm just curious. You don't need to be so mean. I, mean, I hear people espresso? call it... Haven't you heard some people call it espresso? I want yeah, espresso. those people... The, the people that call it espresso are f- idiots, Chris. They're idiots. <laughs> no. It's espresso! Espresso! <laughs> Hey, whenever you see uh, orange cones, do you ever get compelled to just steal them? Because I do. No, never. I've never thought should to I steal s- them. Should I steal one right now? There's one, like, I just saw one. Yeah, steal uh, it. You know, don't, I, no, the, don't do it. Don't do it. I'm, I I. don't want to be an accomplice. Uh, yeah, it's daylight. I'll come back and I'll steal it in the nighttime. Why, well, okay, here's my first question for you. Why do you need, uh, why do you need some... To steal? Why do you need to steal? Why do you need? It's, it gives me a thrill. Uh, where am I going here? Um, you know I don't know. I was just trying to like. I was trying to punch up the podcast and 
give someone to, you know, give them some entertainment. They get a pl- um, look. Hey, they get plenty of entertainment. All right, it's you and me and interesting guests driving in our cars. This thing is pure entertainment. Get, all right, you don't have to get worried about it not being enough entertainment. You don't have to add theft into it. But if you did steal, it would be a little interesting. Right? Maybe what I should go back? Oh shit! Here comes a car. These streets are very narrow. Nah, you know very what it is. Narrow. What if, what if on one of the bumper-to-bumpers, um, we pick the person up and they're like, yeah, yeah, I got one errand, just go run it. <laughs> and then they go into a bank and rob it. All right, I keep they going. They rob the bank? That's kind of funny. <laughs> what if hysterical. we pick up, uh, I think we should expand bumper-to-bumper into picking up, um, you know, like, uh, hitchhikers. And then one of them could stab one of us, and we'll, that'll be really <laughs> that, great for the podcast. That, oh, that'll, yeah, that'll be... That'll, that'll get, increase our numbers. Do you think we'll get a Webby? I think we'll finally get a few more subscribers, um, you know. But, hey, that's neither here nor there. I'm not saying it. I said it briefly. I said neither here nor there. Your favorite you there? catchphrase. Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, well, you, you, you uh, oh, cut out a little God. bit. But. I just, I'm at a dead have end you ever right noticed? now. i got to turn around. Jeez. Have you ever noticed? I just what? found a cone. There's another cone. I wonder if I should take this one. What, are you just going to put it in the back seat? Real smart, yeah. Rick. It's documented that you're stealing it. So when they go looking around what? for it, and then someone's nest camera whose house has got a nest, they're zoomed in no, saying, hey, hey, who took my cone? Oh, uh, you're right. And that, there's y- no whatever. Fuck it. I'm not going to get that cone. We live in a police state, okay? It's like uh, cameras everywhere. You don't want to get... We do. I was, I was watching a um, this uh, director um, that I uh, used to work with, um, a colleague of mine. She posted a... Um, a video, and this is a very straight-laced, run-of-the-mill, pays her taxes kind of lady. Yeah. And um, she posted a video where, like, it was like a dozen different uh, scientists, pilots, military guys were testifying before a town hall about chemtrails. You sent me this video last night. Yeah, baby. Was this the, it, was this the one you sent me last night? I, I, I'm I starting I was, to believe. I'm starting to believe. I mean, come on! It's it's weird. There's it's like, weird. You know what's cra- you know what's crazy about it is like you can't really talk about it because everyone just labels you as some psychopath. I'm just questioning what's going on because it's I don't know. It's it's odd, right? It's weird. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny as I we're gotta, talking about it, get the, we're getting more jarred. I was gonna bring that up, like how when you're talking to someone and, the, and then you have like a really important point to make, or you're about to have like a very um, strong uh, assumption about something, and then the phone cuts off. You get like a drop call. You ever had that happen? Chris, you there? Like right now, when I just did it and I can't hear you. I just the phone call. It just dropped. The call just dropped right now. I cannot believe this. This is incredible. I got to call Rick back because this just happened. I was just talking about everybody. It just happened. I'm looking right in the eye of the camera. I can't even get him. I can't even get Rick. Calling him back right now. We got him. Wow. I'm in the Truman Show this right is now. Let me call vi- him you know, it documented well, on a podcast. I hope, uh, this is you know, a helicopter. You can't do a podcast come pick me up. When did this turn into a conspiracy theory podcast? Because that's what we're doing right when now. When did it? I He's not probably know. talking about Rick's something. talking about oh, on here his he side. Goes. Yeah, I find it a little weird that the moment we talk about conspiracy chemtrails, uh, the phone gets cut out. I was saying the same thing. I was saying how when you have these thoughts, like where you're going to say something very strong or very, like a, a strong assumption, the phone drops. The call drops. Isn't that weird? Whoa. That's... I just drove by a sign 
that someone yeah. put up on the outside of their gate that said creepy. I like that word. It's creepy, Chris. It is very creepy. Creepy Chris. Anyone ever call you creepy Chris? Yeah, definitely. Really? Yeah, I've been called anything that goes with Chris. Creepy Chris. Creepy Chris. Uh, people used called... to people used to call me Dirty Darge. Dirty Darge and Creepy Chris. Dirty Darge. <laughs> Dirty Darge. I, yeah. um, yeah, Creepy Chris. Um, what were my nicknames? Well, I misspelt my name on some kid's cast. So my nickname was Chiss when I was in grade school. Oh, was, yeah, you told, yeah, I remember you telling me about this. That was, and they, that was, uh, did I say it on the podcast? Go. They never let go. I think, you, I think you did talk about it on the podcast. Maybe it wasn't a dream. I don't know. Yeah, it's Chiss. It, devastating. Devastation. Yeah, you got those um, kids, man. The kids are they're terrible. They're brutal. Terrible. So if kids are terrible, that means adults are terrible, which that means, means adults are humans are terrible. Now I'm getting cr- huh. I'm getting close to uh, to James. I'm in. I'm I'm actually I know the street that very well. My friend uh, Alex Quick used to live in this house over here. I spent many times actually on this block. Um, for you the people, uh, well, go yeah. ahead. Well, over on this oh, this store here is where I spent 2000. You went when the year it turned 2000. Uh, these are really boring stories, but this street means a little bit to me. Anyway, what you were you always say? Uh, say, you always like. Uh, say na- like you know people's full names, like you're like Jimmy Sakamano is, uh, you know I used to I used to play drums with Jimmy Sakamano, and then you'll say like uh, Henry Ford. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, I, I, well, I like well you know so there's some people who have really strong full names like you you know I'm hanging out with Rick Darge. Yeah, uh, yeah. But Chris like Candy. Fletcher, for example, I just say Fletcher because that's a strong Fletcher first name. Alliston. Yeah, his but, his last name is Alliston. It's like yeah. Allison. It's Fletcher like yeah. Allison. So you say Fletcher. Yeah. Uh, Chris Shalakis. Shalakis. Chris you know, Shalakis. It's like, but a lot of people, I say Rick Darge, hanging out with my friend Dan Pappas. Going to get James Dan Rickman. Pappas. We're getting close. We're getting very close. I'm going to... Um, nice. I don't know anything about this guy. I know that he was in a band called Snurkle Flurkle. No. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. <laughs> What's the name yeah. of his band? Slow Gherkin. Slow, Slow Gherkin. Gherkin. Okay, and that was... Um, he's still in this band. Yeah, they still right? play. I, I just played with them. Um, I played with them recently, actually, um, when I was playing with Mike and, and the Bruce Lee. Do band. they, do they have any music videos? Yeah, they have a ton. Maybe we could play like a little music video clip, like a fifteen-second oh, yeah, yeah, clip definitely. for the audience. Well, d- well definitely. I'm gonna text them right now. So we're here. I'm here. <laughs> you text him. Um, he also Outside. is an editor for Playboy. I'm sure you already told the audience that. I did. Um, so I want to I want to get into that. I went to the Playboy Mansion once, and uh, it was very underwhelming. It felt like uh, it felt like I was on a ride at Disney uh, Disney theme park. Like it it was weird. It it really I've grotto, never been, I never the, went to the mansion. You think of the grotto, you think of like a cave, a natural cave that was built by man. You know, a natural man-made cave, and uh, you get there, and it's like there's like a whole back. Uh, like alleyway, like place for staff to go in and out um, that separates the grotto from the outside. And I don't know. It's just, I guess, I don't know. You know so you didn't I, have a good time? Is that what you're trying to tell everybody in, in well, podcast land? No, I, had a, I, I did a job. I wasn't there like I wasn't invited to party. I was there working. I was shooting a uh, Playboy model in slow motion. 
uh, on a trampoline, which was quite fun. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know why, oh right? Yeah. yeah uh-huh. Can you picture it? <laughs> yeah. You, you t- oh, there he is. I went to the wrong house, maybe? Wait, what's his name again? Oh, my God. Oh, Matt Rickman. Oh, no. Oh, no. You're in trouble. James Rickman. James Rickman. Okay, cool. He's going to listen to this and realize I'm a dumbass. James Rickman. It's like Alan Rickman. Is he related to Alan Rickman? No. No, he's not related okay, to Alan Rickman. Yeah. But I don't... Too bad. Yeah. Oh, he's coming, and he's got his dog with him, everybody, so we got a dog oh, coming yeah. on the journey. I can't wait. I don't right, know what this dog looks like, but I'm sure it looks great. Big fan of dogs. Hey, whoa! Whoa, the dog just rolled right in. Yeah. Oh, my God. Hello. <laughs> This is Coupon. Hey, Coupon, how are you? Oh, this is going to be the best. Coupon? Yeah. Coupon's your dog? All right, here's this for you. Just Oh, buckle up coupon. first. Safety first. Nice. Safety yep. first. All right, there's this. My favorite this. part of the podcast. And then here's this. It's been cleaned. Oh, um, nice. So you put that in your left ear. Very good. And then, and you can hear oh. Rick over there. Rick. How and you then doing, if you want to put these on too, you can hear yourself. Uh, oh, that's all right. All right, yeah, just keep that mic then up near your mouth and we're good to go. He turned down the headphones, Rick. He's a pro. What's He's that? Prof- he turned down the headphones. He's a professional. Well, just make sure that oh, mic yes. is up in his grill. Yeah, we had Okay, m- make love to the mic. Um, nice. He's yeah. a, he knows what he's doing. He's very well. How you uh, doing, James? Spe- How are you? I'm all right, man. Have we met before? I don't know if we've met, but we're meeting right now through the podcast. Where are you? Thanks. I am in uh, Mount Washington, Eagle Rock area. Uh, Just kind of cruising around. I'm going to go to Los Feliz and buy some espresso beans. Ooh. And uh, I might get a burger. I don't know. I'm a little hungry. Yeah, James, what do you, uh, what do you, do you need to go anywhere or do you need me to do, or do you just want to go for a ride around town? Ride around town. I love it. You look, all right, let's go for a ride. Um, nice. Well, well, I, I think we should go get a, maybe a coffee and a drive-through or something like that. that could yeah, be that's fun. what you guys. Always. You guys should definitely do that. Always coffee. I know. Yeah, we're up for that. Um, so yeah, no, I don't think the two of you have ever met before. Um, but the the connection is uh, at least with both of you is I, I've done a lot of like creative stuff with both of you guys. Oh. Um, be it playing music with some of your bands. James has the the. He's known me for so long. Chris, you're That's breaking the, up like crazy. We're getting some weird connection issues going on right now with the uh, the old cell phones. You there? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. You're, Hello? You're, you're yeah. probably having a hard one because you're over in Mount Washington. Mm. No, I'm actually on the flatlands now. I'm in the flatlands, and it should be fine. I don't know what's going on. Um, That's um, some gunslinger shit right there. It's probably all your chemtrail conversation. It's mm. like now they've got a bug on us. Shit. Yeah, we were talking about chemtrails because uh, this friend of mine posted a video with all these doctors and scientists and ex-military pilots that were talking about how it's real and there's aluminum levels are on the rise and I don't know. I I love talking about this stuff in private. I don't like talking about it with anyone else because uh, there's always laughter involved. <laughs> yeah. But, well, it's really good what, to talk about it. It seems like it's really good to talk about it on a podcast because you seem like you're not talking to anybody, but like right now, just two other people. But in all yeah, actuality, anybody I mean, can listen to it. Yeah, I, I went through a period of time where for a few months where I was like kind of obsessed with chemtrails and what was happening in okay. the sky. And yeah. uh, Chris, you remember this. I, was, I lost my mind yeah, a little you, bit because <laughs> there were like certain days... And I'm sure you guys are aware of this. There are da- there are certain days in L.A. 
where it's like there's <laughs> just go. hundreds of planes sp spitting out little white, you know, exhaust fumes, and they're everywhere. And then there's other days like today, there's nothing going on. So I'm just confused. I'm very confused. I want to know what's happening with my air. There's not. Anyway. I mean, I would counter there's nothing going on uh, with the information that there's an Almodovar uh, festival apparently at the Aero Theater. Oh, really? I would watch the shit out of that. I love that guy. Have, are you familiar with Almodovar, Rick? N no. Uh, Timey up, timey down. He What's his most famous stuff? He's a Spanish, or his movies are usually set in Spain. Oh, uh, 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 yeah, racist. the director. Yes, I'm yeah, aware yeah, of him. Yeah. What, he does what about, great uh, stuff. What did he say? Well, what? we just passed uh, the Arrow Theater, and it looks like they have a quadruple feature of Almodovar. And uh, he's a big uh, chemtrail guy. <laughs> he's yeah. holding it down. Chris, why do you keep Spain. laughing, Chris? Why? Because it's funny, Rick. This is a funny yeah, podcast. Not funny. We could yeah. be getting poisoned right now. There's nothing no. funny about that. No, yeah, but Rick, who, we're getting poisoned all the time with the sugar and the food. And, you know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't want them spraying my face. Uh, that's cool. He's a big. Uh, it's a weird thing to talk about because I feel yeah. like we've been conditioned as a society not to oh man you're not to there. raise any questions you know we yeah don't wanna, i know we can't, i know can't, can't talk too much about what's going on but there's something going on god damn it <laughs> you're anyway getting, let's get in you're getting back can you in. hear me yeah i hear yeah. you james, you're, let, yeah let's uh i want to talk about james i want to get off chemtrails and on to <laughs> uh i want to get onto the band and how you you formed i'm gonna mess up the name again <laughs> you tell us no, I want to hear you say it. Yeah. I keep wanting to say Gherkin Furkin. <laughs> wow. Wow. Close. 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 The first word was correct. The second the first word, word. The first word. Okay, so the band is uh, Slow Gherkin. Yeah, let's just, cut, let's just cut to it. Yeah. Okay. So so when did, yeah, well, when did you guys all start? Give us the whole history. You know, catch everyone up. Okay. And uh, Yeah, please. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we started in 1993 uh, with four guys. We were all in high school together. Our first bass player, Zach, uh, came up with the name. I think he was—he had a lot of time in his uh, wood working class, and he came up with a lot of names. And so for some reason, that, that was the keeper. And I just showed up to school one day, and there was a sticker of a frog on my locker that said, <laughs> Do you want to do the slow gherkin with me? And Gherkin was spelled G-E-R-K-E-N. And that was her name for a while. Eventually, we we're like, guys, we have got to start spelling this name correctly. And uh, it was a, an early rebrand for us. Nice. But yeah, I was 15. Uh, we were sort of 15 to 17 when we started. And really just played parties for a while. And then there's this bar in Santa Cruz called The Red Room. It's a great bar. And we started playing there like around the same age just Whoa. just way underage and there were these laws where like depending on how who was paying attention that night we would have to wait outside go on stage and then immediately leave again <laughs> which has kind of defined a lot of our first few years cool um and we put out our own seven inch we we're you know a lot of us had recently discovered punk music and we're very zealous about that and DIY and getting, you know, learning how to do stuff through Maximum Rock and Roll. So we had our mm. label, Join or Die. We put out our first 7-inch on that. Oh, I didn't know that was a record label, Join or Die. 
It was really more of a tape label before <laughs> okay. that was cool. Cool. We put out a few tapes, and we put out one seven-inch, and it was this. It was Slow Gherkin's Death of a Salesman, seven-inch, and um, I think I own that. Really? I think I do. It was reissued by. What was the name of that seven-inch? A Death of a Salesman. Oh, and nice. we recently we did a collection of rarities, if you can call a band at our label uh, level a band <laughs> deserving of the uh, word rarities. But we did a a collection of songs called Death of a Ska Band a few yeah. years ago. <laughs> Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Maybe it was the Death of a Ska Band thing that I was yeah. thinking of. Yeah. Did you play a song off of that up in uh, San Francisco at Bottom of the Hill? Did you play uh, Death of a Salesman? There is no song called Death of a Salesman. It's just the record. Yeah. Okay, okay. Then I uh, definitely don't have that 7-inch. Maybe not. Perhaps not. But, um, no, we actually, if I can just jump way forward, I think five years ago we did an EP because we kept getting these reunion show offers. And every year it's like, ah, this is going to be one too many and we're going to embarrass ourselves and regret ever reuniting in the first place. So about five years ago it was like, all right, well, let's write some songs. Let's put some new shit in there. And we did. We we did, you know, because we're all spread out all over the state. We did two songs and bashed them out in a day and put out an EP called uh, Lives. It's called Lives. Nice. That's oh, nice. out there. It's two songs I'm really proud of that we all, in, the, in our usual style, just all wrote together. Um, and uh, I think it's some of our best stuff. We, um, on the podcast, when we get creatives such as yourself on here, we like to put up uh, a little clip uh, with actors. It's like something they're proud of that they recently worked on. I was asking Chris, do you have any recent music videos? We can throw up a little 15-second clip so the audience can get a feel of your vibe right now. Is there yeah, anything in particular? Yeah, we'll cut to, the, you know, we'll cut to it, you know what I mean? Like on, oh, a, good. Like on a Tonight Show, yeah. Yeah. Um, so maybe just introduce what we're about to see, and then we'll play it and then we'll come back and you can talk a little bit about it okay well our only music video was from 1998 <laughs> it's a fun karaoke music video but well, there's some you can dig up some fairly high quality uh live footage would that work sure or we could do the music video the music video let's genius. do let's I mean, just, yeah. we're gonna play like a little 15 second clip of the music video the night okay, from let's yeah. 1998 what, what's the name of the uh the song the name of the song uh, is How Now Lowbrow. It's uh, off our second album, Shed Some Skin, which came out in 98. And we shot, we worked with a UCSC student to shoot a music video in a karaoke bar in Santa Cruz and okay. um, on campus. And we had full access to this massive costume department and some pretty cool locations around UCSC, which is like, if you've never cool. been there, okay. it's like the moon of Endor. Should let's, I keep going? Uh, let's, let's check the clip out. We'll, uh, we'll look at clip. it right now. Yeah, let's go to yeah, the let's clip. Hold, uh, let's go to the clip. Oh, that was awesome. Thanks for... Uh, <laughs> that was great. <laughs> that was great. I'm so glad you yeah. like it. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's a great... What was your favorite part? Oh, uh, my favorite part was definitely the performance. It was just oh. electric. You could feel it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Fun, yeah. fun, fun fact. He's not wrong, uh, fun actually. Fact. Yeah, I'm not wrong. What's a fun I'm fact, wrong. Rick? Give me a fun fact. Well, the fun fact is I haven't seen it yet. I'm acting like I did. Yeah, you know, because, good acting. Uh, 
Yeah, um, I'm right in front of a dog park right now. I heard oh. your dog is in the car with Chris. What kind of dog do you have? Uh, this is Coupon. He is a Puggle Wawa, Pug Beagle Chihuahua. Oh, cool. Oh, wow. Uh, we got him. There's a place right up there that sets up on a lawn and has a lot of sweet little puppies. And, you know, it's an adoption thing. He's and really mm. cool. He's a cool guy. He's a super cool dog. I yeah. love that. Uh, I love that name. I, I love dog names and like you know just. I want to name a dog Spanish. I think that would be a cool name. <laughs> but, uh, but how did you? Uh, how did you get the name Coupon? Um, my ex-wife and I had been visualizing our dog since we lived in New York, <laughs> and we had yeah. we had a whole list of names ready to deploy, and none of them was a. A conventional name. We had coupon. Mm. We had meatball. We had uh, fat ass. That would be that was the name of a dog. Yeah, fat ass. No, I like that. Uh, It's cool. It's great. We had snacks spelled N A. uh, Sorry, S N A X. Ooh, I like snacks. Is good. Yeah, Yeah. but we saw this dog, and first of all, it's like he turned around and was like, "I'm pretty sure that's our dog," and (laughs) I'm pretty sure his name's Coupon. It was like. (laughs) You, know. you just knew. We just yeah. knew. Yeah. That's that's how it is. It's weird. It's, yeah. Um, How'd you come up with uh, Maya, Rick? Rick's got a little... What, what, what kind got, of dog is Maya? Rat terrier? Maya's a, she's a rat terrier. Um, Maya came pre-named. When I got her, adopted her from this family, the uh, the eight-year-old daughter uh, named all four of the pups that were in the litter um, different names, and she named uh, Maya Maya. And uh, I've always liked that name. I used that name in a Zen dog in the movie I made, and it's always oh. been a. I just like the name, it, just the way it sounds. And yeah, and yeah, and it was weird because I I kind of experienced the same thing that you went through, where you kind of like uh, you know that's going to be your dog, and the dog mm-hmm. will give you some kind of a look, and there's just some there's some weird ethereal connection that you have with these animals, where that's you just exactly know right. that you're. Yeah, it's just they they choose you. They really do. I and, um, I believe that 100%. Yeah. And Maya is How, a beautiful uh, name. Yeah, it's fun to say. How long have you had a uh, coupon for? Uh, God, I think five years now. Uh, we five were in years. New York, and um, but uh, I'm from Santa Cruz, and my dad lived down here, and I wanted to be closer to him. So I uh, kind of started a new life here in 2015. And, uh, yeah, that's right. You moved down because I used to live in the same neighborhood as you. I that's remember, right. And we would see each other at the father's office randomly. That's right. Oh my God, it's mm. a good was bar. A while ago, that good was, bar. That is a while ago. Um, yeah. But then so the, you. Oh, go ahead, Chris. Well, no, I was I was so. gonna bring it up too because then I had you were starting to work at Playboy, and then I had friends that I went to high school with, my friend Miles, uh, who was <sighs> working with you. Yes. Um, but I, I guess the. Well, you were working at Playboy, and then you had invited me to go to a thing called Thirsty Thursday. That's right. So this is kind of a good story. But, yeah, James, also, what is your title before we get into the Thirsty Thursday story? Uh, Executive editor. Executive editor, okay. Over at Playboy. Yeah, yeah. And one of my favorite stories is this one. Uh, It was early days for me, and Playboy does have a thing called Thirsty Thursday, where they, there's always been a bar at Playboy, and they open it up to staff, friends, and and you know playmates hang out. And um, this was all very new to me. And uh, I invited Chris, and 
I guess we shouldn't say the names of the playmates, but no. but two huh. two who became uh, you know dear friends to me, and um, in addition to just being blindingly um, beautiful, um, yeah. So I was just meeting them myself along with Chris. So I I'll, yeah, you finish your version. I'll okay. go into my version All after right. that. Yeah. So Chris was talking to one of these playmates, and I kind of drifted off and was talking to another. And I looked over a little while later, and the playmate Chris was talking to was pulling a magazine out of her bag, and it was the one that had her on the cover. And she handed, she gave it to Chris, and I was just watching Chris's eyes go up, down, up, <laughs> magazine, person, magazine, person, same person. Yeah, yeah. And his brain, like, really struggling to process <laughs> that. Blowing his, blowing his mind. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is that accurate? Very accurate. I, I, I'll, I'll embellish a little more. Um, okay. I remember you and – I thought it was uh, really cool that you were living down in L.A. because I knew James from, you know, years prior in the music world. And we had reconnected as buds, and um, he invites me to, he's working at Playboy, so I'm like, all right, great. Um, so I, uh, he says, well, we do this thing called Thirsty Thursdays, uh, you should come check it out. So I was like, oh, absolutely, I have to go see this. So it was at the time when Playboy was in Beverly Hills. Yeah. I don't know if they're, you're still there. No, we're in Westwood now. Okay, it was, so it was next to, for all the insiders, uh, next to the UTA office. Uh, oh, those, UTA. All the Hollywood insiders, that's where I, so oh, I drive shit. there. Just imagine me in this car or a Subaru oh like God. it, and I get out and I'm like, I'm going the to a Playboy happened? party. I'm going to a Playboy party, and I go inside and I see James and the 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 people in there. It's a mix. It's a mix of um, people who clearly work for Playboy who are just like having a drink, um, mm-hmm. playmates who are I, you can't really tell but gorgeous women, and then like. These Beverly Hills kind of like characters this is the correct way to put it. Sure, sure. <laughs> like leather jackets, kind of like balding, big glasses, creeps. like creeps. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call so them far. far. No, no, no. <laughs> just it, I wouldn't call them creeps. It's just it's this it's this archetype of a Beverly Hills guy. Uh, like the, with the, the here's a plug with the where's this party the show I did with Garen kind of those yeah. types of guys where you know they just like look like they're like you know one martini away from pitching you their next movie script and <laughs> yeah. um, and it was like so is that's the energy and so I see James and then this one girl who I was talking to uh, I, yeah that happened like I'm talking to her and I'm like oh she's really cool and it didn't cross my mind that she was a playmate because I, in my head still playmates were these like 80s style playmates or 90s style playmates with like right. big hair. hair and like you know just like just really like you know dynamic and she was just very subdued and gorgeous and then she pulls the magazine out and I'm like oh cool like and she's like on it and I'm looking up and look and ex- I couldn't believe you saw it basically because that is exactly <laughs> what happened I was like oh my god yeah and then I had to leave and uh, and and James you ended up hanging out and did you smoke pot with them later? Was that what it was or something like that? Well, I... Maybe not. They played board games. Yeah, we, yeah. Uh, we had some more drinks, and we were sitting out and, until it was just the three of us. And these playmates were talking about how they couldn't get dates. They're like, <laughs> where are the guys? We can't, you know, I get am, arrested I in this that. town. I didn't. Yeah. I was like, I, am I being punked right now? If I, if I 
commiserate are they gonna be like psych you really believe we can't get dates and um but they were no, sincere I, yeah i believe that and yeah. um it was a, such a strange initiation and i saw an ed, a fellow editor looking out on the patio through the <laughs> from the inside just chuckling quietly <laughs> at me just like welcome to the club this is like your yeah, hazing yeah. ritual i was just really happy to be a part of it yeah. to counter that too i got invited to the christmas party this year by james mm-hmm. um oh here's a starbucks let's go oh, uh, let's yeah. go get a little drive-through coffee um Sweet. and again no bikes we're good equally as uh equally as fun how long have you been with them for and how did you get the? Can you talk about how you got the job and how you? Yeah, I can that? talk about that. I, I've been there, yeah. going on four and a half years, and um, I was at Paper Magazine in New York uh, for my last couple years there, and ended up uh, serving as managing editor right before they did the old break the internet issue with Kim Kardashian oh, and the, right. the champagne. Yeah, Whoop. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which was a real. Oh, with her her ass. The giant ass Among photo, other things, right? yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. Yes. There were two covers, actually, and one was the champagne uh, arcing over her head and into a... Uh, yeah, not into yeah, her ass. ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, practically. Well, there was a coop. Not, not, yes. not this coop. Anyway, yes. <clears throat> so, Baptism in Fire, I did that as managing editor for a year, and... And quit because I wanted to move here and be closer to my dad and uh, and really never expected to work in magazines again. It's a, it's a shrinking island yeah. and um, I didn't feel that <clears throat> qualified and I certainly didn't think I was going to be a fit for Playboy, but someone sent me a, a job posting, I thought as a joke, mm-hmm. and then I looked at it, I was like, well, this is kind of what I've been doing you know, fuck it. Let's yeah. give it a shot. And, uh, you know, short version, I interviewed, I got my first interview two days after they announced the non-nude thing. Uh-huh. Where I had to really pivot and just be like, okay, forget most of what I have researched and like, right. Okay. Non-nude. Wow. That's interesting. And, uh, yeah. And then cool. I got the job. Yeah, no, I, I, nice. I was playboy aside too. Like, um, I was just always impressed because it's like I think being in bands for a really long time, like and knowing James specifically, knowing you through your music world, like it's you, you for people pivot and go off to do all kinds of other things, you know. Yeah. And it's like, and um, as a kid, I like knew you in the band, and then to see you kind of off into the entertainment world and then to like relink up with you there that was really cool for me because like you know like Mike Park for example still runs Asian Man Records and like Dan yeah. still does um, you know music and ME330 and all that stuff and it's really great but it was it's it's fun uh, to see people who are also kind of in the same world that you're in and it was like it was just cool I was like oh alright you know I remember seeing him play at the Troubadour or whatnot yeah. uh, when I was a kid so yeah. did not see that coming I didn't expe- I, I did not Right. So you didn't. So were you always? You were doing music primarily for a while because I know that when you were, in, so you moved to New York City and you had another band going on in New York City. Mm-hmm. And what was that project called? I mean, there, I think there were four substantial ones. So okay. I guess we could maybe talk about the last one, which I, I can unabashedly praise because I wasn't the main creative force in Got it. it. Um, but 
there I had I was in a band called People Get Ready for about four years, and um, with a couple real geniuses singing in it. And um, if you look it up, you'll find it was very like dance oriented. the The main guy came from a dance background and um, toured with Dave Byrne uh, with my ex wife and. Um, that's how I got to know him, and then he wanted to start a band that incorporated music and dance. Right, right. And no one, remarkably, no one was really doing what you, I guess, would call like indie pop, and right. and choreographing it. Um, so when we started doing it, people were like, "What the fuck is this?" Because we were doing it like death by audio and like DIY spaces, as well as you know theaters, right, right, in, in New York, and um, it was. I don't know. <laughs> I'd never heard of anyone like straddling those worlds and doing movement anywhere we played. Um, and uh, I, I, I was so proud to have been a part of that. And I still um, occasionally dip into the two albums we did, um, which are, of course, on Spotify. And uh, just think, damn, that was insane. Yeah. You know? <laughs> did you ever get to meet Hef? No, I didn't, and I regret that. Um, yeah. I just barely caught the mansion. Does that um, work? Where I was there at the last um, Midsummer Night's Dream party, which is their massive... That's it. Uh, is summer. the mansion no longer a thing? Well, it's standing, but after he died, it passed out of, you know, Playboy okay. or Hefner estate hands, and um, I, as far as I know, they're they're not... Even changing. I don't know it. what the plan is for the mansion, but yeah. I was very lucky to go to one massive party where the mandatory dress code was uh, sleepwear, and oh yeah, Fun. I wore a kimono. <laughs> and on the way over there, was in a really bad mood. It's like fuck. I don't want my workmates to see me in a kimono. This is so embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, and then we got to the rendezvous point where you take shuttles up to the mansion. And I saw a line of truly like a hundred women in the teeniest of negligee pieces, mm-hmm. like coordinated. I'm not sure who they were, but just really wearing very little. And I immediately thought, you know, no one is looking at me and I'm going to yeah. relax now. Yeah. 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 Did you did you own a kimono or did you buy it specifically? <laughs> I would say I'm a kimono collector. You're a kimono guy? Really? Yeah, my really? family is really into kimonos. We I didn't own, know this. Little, this. This is breaking news. This I've is, never uh, talked on record about my kimono fetish. Yeah. Well, how many kimonos do you have? You know, I was forced to downsize a couple moves, but I think uh, I got up to six uh, or so. Whoa, okay, that seems like kimonos. a healthy. You can yeah. wear a new kimono every day of the week except every, for Sunday. And then I take Sunday off, yeah. yeah well, you got to uh, you dry clean a kimono is that I no. clean it? No. You just throw it in the washer. The ones you get in Chinatown are, you know, pretty basic. Oh, like cotton. a cotton. Yeah. yeah. I never got too fancy. You never got into it, like a silk kimono? I think I Yeah, I figured like a silk kimono would be nice. What is a like what do you know what defines a kimono? No. What uh, <laughs> I don't know either. I think there are just certain sleeve fancy proprietary bathroom. sleeve things like you know, it's got to have that square, big old sleeve. Uh, right. That's, that's about all I know. Hello, how are you? Good, good. I should really Just bone up on coffee. kimonos. Yeah. It's kind of funny, actually. The people at Starbucks have, like, a similar headpiece that we kind of have. Or at least are they I on have. this oh, really? podcast? Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not. They could be. Tell us about your ska band. 
Yes. <laughs> huh. Oh, my scalp band. I don't. No, I don't I'm play talking any to the barista. Oh. oh, okay, yeah. You know, Did I think you... it's funny that you guys have very funny band names: Slow Gherkin, Choto yeah. Ghetto. Yeah. Is that Ghetto. why Mike Park took you guys on? Because he likes interesting band names. Well, <laughs> of course, the band. I I don't know about you, but the band oh, no. that was our initial, like religious experience seeing this band mike's old band was skank and pickle yeah mike park's mm. band is called skank and pickle and okay um that's like as goofy as they get yeah now you you saw <laughs> skank, you got to see skank and pickle live right in junior high oh man and truly it was like this our lives have changed this is it yeah. whatever it is we have yeah. no idea but this is it this is our path what it, was it about Skank and Pickle that spoke to you guys during that time? Can you go back yeah. to that? Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, they were the most energetic, just like shit flying at you, unicycles, those sticks. Oh, yeah. the oh yeah. the um, You know those sticks where it, you have like two sticks and then you're like kind of like passing back and forth the one that's got like oh, a phrase thing, on it? Yeah, the phrase on the top on and the like, bottom. Is that those ones? Yeah. Wait. Yeah. Oh, they like you see them at a fish yeah. show. Probably that fish, sounds right. Fish guys do that. Fish Grateful Dead guys go on and the skank and pickle lot. guys. I saw fish yeah. live once. Didn't wow. get it. Yeah, me too. Not fun. <laughs> Not fun. I didn't have Very fun. Boring. Have you seen fish? I can't say that I have. Yeah, it's, it's uh, okay. You're all right. You you don't have yeah, to see them. They're not. You don't need you. You can just sit in your place and listen to white noise, and you're just as good. They are like a confusing band to get behind, but that's it, it's. Um, these are fighting words for some people because they yeah. love. Oh, fish. none of our fans are fish fans. Okay, there's no fish <laughs> fans listening to this podcast. Look, we've only got <laughs> so many right now. And if they are, you turn it off. You turn this off right now. <laughs> Leave your thoughts in the comments. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, um, I did, I saw. Uh, anyways, back to Skank and Pickle. Uh, yeah, I had a similar experience when I listened to Mike's. Um, the Skank and Pickle live record. I didn't actually love all of their recorded records at the time, but the live record was so energetic that like all the songs made a lot more sense to me after listening to them all live. Oh, yeah. Mm. It was that. I mean, I love the albums, but that was the experience. Um, I mean, they all wore random costumes, and but truly it just came down to the energy. Yeah. I'd never seen anything like that. And also, you know, we were... In junior high, so we were coming off like we didn't even know there was such a thing as a local band. Thank you. Um, and we had seen. Oh, thank you so much. Guns and Roses. Are you waiting on a coffee still? Yeah, a pike with uh, almond milk, grande. Almond milk, grande. That's right. And we'd seen Living Color. We'd seen basically like stadium and arena wow. shows, and then it's like there are bands that play these community centers and are better. Than those than big those bands. bands? Yeah. yeah. Like, mind blown. And there were so many great Santa Cruz punk and, you know, it's, it's fucking Santa Cruz. They were all over the shop. Skank Pickle was from San Jose area, but, um, the, yeah. No, go ahead. I, I had an, there you go. Here you go. All right, have a good one. Thank you. Oh, you yeah. Got a, oh, yeah. You got a cup holder over there? Oh, yeah, you got one just for you. All right. Nice. How does a this is another dumb question I got, but I don't play any instruments. I'm not. I've never been in a band. Okay. How did how did as you as Slow Gherkin? How did you guys? How did you find your sound, and how did you gravitate more towards ska? Was that just something that you all enjoyed, as individuals, and just would kind of gravitate towards that, or what was it about the ska sound? The ska that. Mm. 
Ska. Uh, that's um, a great question. That's a great question. And it, I, it does come back to Skank and Pickle. And, um, and just the pure exhilaration. I don't think any of us had felt something like that. Even at the punk shows that were also really deeply affecting us. Oh, sorry, Scoop. Um, and, yeah, we knew that was it. And um, but you know you got to acknowledge that suburban kids are gonna chase a lot of trends and get excited about yeah. metal, and then you go to high school and meet one punker kid, and you throw out all the metal tapes, and then you're you're you know getting into Bad Religion and uh, Fugazi and God Almighty blanking on the other ones now bad brains minor thread mm. all that stuff um and then you see sky and it's like that's it but at least that one held out for almost nine years is scott like i just because i did ska bands too growing up and i can kind of tack on to this in my opinion but it's like there is something the energy that kind of goes down in ska music is just like unlike any other sound it's driving and it's melodic and you yeah. can kind of get it's just a different kind of energy uh, yeah. in this in the sound, and I know from my personal experience, so I can nerd out a little bit here. Slow Gherkin was so good; they had um, like that energy that I'm talking about, and, like really impressive like horn lines and really great melodies, um, and the songs are just really freaking catchy. And I, you guys would play so fast; I just was so hyped, yeah. and it was so fun to see you at the show in San Francisco at Bottom of the Hill because like. I was just like, this is so good. <laughs> like, it still holds up, you know. Um, and not a lot of bands can keep that energy going as time goes on, but I was, I was really happy to see it still still cooking. No, thank you so much. And uh, Who's uh, your, if, if you had to, oh, go ahead. Well, I'll just add a quick story to that about our last reunion show back in November. Uh, we opened for the Bruce Lee Band, which is sort of Mike Park doing... You guys did Skank and Pickle songs, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did. the whole, the whole Mike Park canon. Oh, I just spilled coffee everywhere. Oh <laughs> shit! Yeah, I already did that. It's good for the podcast. It's good. It's yeah. really good for the podcast. That's... All right. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, iced. Your I'm groin fine. would be on I, fire right now. Yeah. I'm what did right. you? What did you soak exactly? Like, where did you spill it? It's everywhere. It's on my what? shirt and my jeans. But oh, how did you do that? I just got excited about the story, and I kind of grabbed the cup a little harder, and it popped open. I'm well, kind of like Lenny from a mice of cold brew. I'm like Lenny from a mice of men. <laughs> yeah, <where laughs> what doesn't Lenny? Odd association. I've never. I always I've feel, never read I feel mice like a Lenny. Men. It's incredibly I, sad. It's really sad. I've never read it. I don't, I don't know like who this Lenny, Lenny is. I always act like I know what everyone's talking about. Yeah. Oh, and, it's a really uh, sad book. It's a terribly sad book. Yeah, it's so a who was Lenny? What did Lenny do? That was so he killed someone, right? He killed like a dog. No, yeah, it it got worse than that. You yeah, know, yeah, spoilers. Oh. Yeah, uh, Steinbeck I don't spoilers. Sports. I don't know. No, hey, no, let's no, spoil no. it. Spoil it for me. I, what did Lenny do in the podcastosphere? Read of mice and men, but be ready to fucking <laughs> sob. Yeah, and um, or you know, I, as I recall, the John Malkovich, Gary Sinise. Yes. Yeah, yeah I mean yeah. that's an the movie version. Is really brutal. Is also just, I'm I'm, welling up thinking about it right now. Yeah. There, are there, there mice, in it? Yes. No. Yes. There yes. Are. Yes. Okay. There's mice. And men. There's and mice. Men. And are you there's a mice. 
That's sometimes like it's like when I ask you, Rick, what are you a mouse or a man? You know what I mean? When you're I'm a mouse, dude. <laughs> it is like that. Okay, what were you gonna say? Right, Sorry, so you're saying at the about reunion the show. show, we open up for the Bruce Lee Band, which has Chris, uh, Jeff Rosenstock, and Dan Pat has from the great MU330. Another great band. And you know, I really try to push myself as hard as I can, which gets harder and harder the older I get. But like, I have this thing I say in my head. So we played our show, um, staggered off stage. I had taken my shirt off and put it on AJ, the other singer. So I was steaming and walking around and drinking other people's whiskey. And then I eventually got back down to the stage and started, you know, rounding up my shit. And Dan complimented me on our set. And I said, yeah, man, I leave it all out on the stage. (laughs) And he said... Oh yeah, you mean your gear and shit that's lying around all over the place? So I like, no, I. Oh, sorry. That's mm, my word choice was poor. Yeah, it's very poor. I was trying to allow myself a moment of, uh, you know, self praise, I guess, and it really backfired. That crew doesn't allow self praise too much, you know. You just got. I don't. Go. I, what was I thinking? Yeah, that I cr- never do that. Yeah, that. And the one time I did, it was a just kicked me right in the nards that crew of people um wolfman's got nards yeah he doesn't have nards do it do it who what what (laughs) did i just have a stroke who's wolfman monster squad you never saw monster squad chris no i never saw wolf what classic movie from the 80s they kick kick him in the nards in the nards i never saw it Ugh. how many times do we have to say he kicked wolfman in the nards before i've seen the movie probably a lot more times because it's going to take me a while to get home and watch it. I won't watch it's it. It's a good movie. I like that we're developing a syllabus for this episode. Mice and Men, Monster <laughs> Squad, Should People we, Get Ready's yeah. Physiques. Um, uh, the, what else? I love uh, Monster Squad. Monster Squad. I, have you seen Monster Squad recently? It's very dated, as I'm all sure. things are. Yeah. You like? Yeah. There's a nostalgic glow about these movies, and then um, you watch them again. You're like, okay. Um, James, yeah. what do you what do you play in uh, Slow Gherkin? I don't even. Know. I yeah, are you, I, we are you have lead singer. Well, we have two uh, two lead okay. singer guitarists, uh, me and AJ. Um, not a conscious uh, mimicking of the Clash, but I think at a certain point that's what we really wanted to be. With me as the more gruff guy, and AJ the more melodic. Um, okay. So. And then who who writes the songs? It's kind of back and forth. Always or, been, um, you know, people. It's always come down to like a bass line or a riff, and then you thrash it out in the room. When we did shed some skin, um, we spent I don't know four months practicing eight hours a day. I think what? Yeah, it was like black flag level insanity, and really having a hard time with each other but we had to Mm. get an album written and that you know aj and i were barely like at home with our guitars like writing songs we were writing little bits and the bass player a lot of it was driven by our first bass player who had great melodic things we would start there um and that's my favorite way to my favorite creative process but also absolutely the hardest yeah, I can only imagine. 
So you would, yeah, the, the idea would start and then you'd work it in the room. You yeah. wouldn't demo it out and build it. It would have to come together in the room. Yeah, and also we, there was no, there wasn't that technology back then no, to demo. Um, you would just keep playing it, playing it, playing it, and then go in the studio and play it mostly live or at least the rhythm tracks. And uh, what, Now, where did you record those records? Because I remember talking to Mike and... There was like this one studio. I went there one day in San Jose. Mm -hmm. Is that where you recorded those records? Uh, one of them. Shed Some Skin was recorded in Campbell at Sound Tech, which was such a luxury. layer veggie burrito? <laughs> oh, you're... Whoa. Wait, whoa, whoa, and hold a, uh, on. And a chimichurri steak taco. Whoa. Thanks. Damn. I'm at Del Taco. <laughs> Wait. What, uh, that's it. What happened to the espresso beans? <laughs> oh, you know what? I'm going to do a medium Diet Coke as well, please. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Hey, sorry, it, guys. Man. I got okay. a little hungry, get and the... I didn't want to leave the podcast. I'm not going to go get espresso beans. I'm going to be here, the here and now with you guys. We're all in the car together. Well, you could have just well, said, really. like, I'm getting in line at Del Taco. but I wanted it... it to be a surprise, you know? <laughs> it yeah, it was. And here. it was. Oh, thank you. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> Damn. I just figure if you guys are getting coffee, I'm going to get, you know, a little bit. Of, I haven't eaten all day. And oh, Chris yeah. loves Del Taco, and I'm here in solidarity. Uh -oh. I Del Taco's really good. What do you, you prefer of the, the taco? Right Del Taco's the better one, right? Wow. Del I, Taco or Taco Bell? Mm, my answer to that's going to be so lame. Neither? I, no, what is it? Well, Chipotle. Can I say that? You can say Chipotle. Um, yeah, you could say that. Yeah, but they're not that the counts. same. It doesn't well, count really, though. The they're all fast food. There's not a drive through version of Chipotle, though, is there? No, I don't think so. It's a grill Technically, mm. nominally. You want to know my real favorite, you both? El Pollo Loco. Even though I don't eat chicken, El Pollo Loco's got my... He's, he's over there. That's my favorite one what? is El Pollo Loco. Oh. El Pollo Loco. This oh, has actually yeah. been a really nice drive for me because I love Santa Monica so much. We've been hitting a lot of my Santa Monica highlights. Yeah, I love this crazy old town. They've been changing it around a lot, though. Mm -hmm. James, small. where in New York uh, Where in New York did you live? Oh, thanks. I'll take the receipt. Where in New York did you live? <laughs> I was in Long Island City, Queens for 13 okay. years in the same oh, wow. house. Um, I had a very unusual situation. It was, a, it was pretty much open, original floor plan townhouse with a revolving cast. And I was on the parlor floor and got to do essentially acoustic shows there for about four years. Oh, that's um, awesome. It was called the Seven Train Sessions because my place was you like walked out the door and you were underneath the elevated seven train track um mm. as the blues brothers said how often do the trains go by so often you don't even notice it uh-huh it was like that <laughs> yeah i stayed at that I, place I, I stayed at that place uh like maybe over well a long ass time ago <laughs> is yeah. that a right uh usage of time yeah it was yeah. a long time ago yeah how did you how did you guys originally meet you and uh, chris we, I was playing with Dan Podhast and hit a solo thing. Yeah. We did a run of shows, I think, with Chris Murray and uh, another Santa Cruz band, the Huxtables. Um, and we came down and played some weird-ass place in the valley, like a matinee show. It was called the Cobalt Cafe. It's there not it there is. anymore. There it is. And there was, about, there was a band that got on stage with about 18 guys called Optimus Prime. Yeah, that That's was right. amazing. And yeah. there was 18 Chris. guys that were playing like, different like instruments? It. No, wow. it, um, it, there was a lot of us. There was, um, that was my high school band. It was with 
this guy Kevin uh, Preston, original name Kevin Gorman. Um, Kevin Preston, who now plays in Green Day. <laughs> he's the what? Gu- he's, the, he's the backup guitar player for Green Day. No way. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the singer is no longer alive. He, he passed away, unfortunately. Oh. Uh, it's mm. pretty sad. Um, the drummer is still around, and then a uh, saxophone player. And I think that night we had uh, a trombone player as well, too. Uh, and I love that band. It was a lot of fun. But the, um, but yeah, that I remember nice that man. show specifically. Um, yeah. I think there's a Diet Coke as well. Oh, is, did Diet you get Coke? a Diet Coke? Oh, wow, oh, that's nice. Really. I did, Chris. Sorry, guys. Don't mind me. Don't mind me at all. So Optimus um, Prime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that was fine. But I remember, yeah, it was a big show for us because these were like uh, – high-level acoustic ska bands uh, right. about to be playing with. So it was a good show, actually, if I recall. Yeah, yeah. And but we were totally won over by Optimus Prime and their energy. And that was so. That was 2002, I think. Oh, okay. my oh, wow. God, 2002. You guys have known each other for a long-ass long time. Long-ass, see, Chris? Long-ass time. Long-ass time. Yeah, long-ass time. Yeah, uh, but I... And, I and then I remember would I would just go to shows basically and as a kid and I would just go to the merch table and try and Ugh. not be super creepy <laughs> and talk as much as I could until it was like socially awkward-ish and then I would kind of walk away. But I remember going yeah. to um, oh there's like a truck okay. full of uh, we're next to like a big truck of bros. Big old truck of bros. Um, but I remember um, seeing them play. You play a show with the hippos. And RX Bandits, and you opened, and uh, they cut your time off, I remember. Ugh. Sounds about right. How did they cut your time off? I I remember we're all in the crowd dancing and going nuts, and then the guy comes on this mic, and he's like, you guys are done. You're done. That was the fucking worst. Yeah, it's fairly common when the things just run late, and we always prided ourselves on not being dicks and, like, being punctual, but still you get yanked, and you're just like, oh, Okay, good night. Fuck this That's annoying. Yeah. But we didn't actually talk trash on stage. Yeah. Um, Only in our minds. Did you actually... I've got a question. Um, Because you were kind of in the height of the ska boom that was going on. And, like, for Rick, like, ska was huge in the, uh, I guess, late 90s, early 2000s. The the year... Chris, I I know. Okay, I'm just saying... I'm I'm from this planet. (laughs) Good. I, I like that answer. That <laughs> no, that, no. that uh, it's not just totally obscure. But yeah, you know, there's a good watershed moment because our second album, 1998. I just told this story at the reunion show. We were recording it in the summer of '98, and Mike had given us a very generous budget. But he would come in the studio and pace around and say, "Oh my God, no one's gonna buy this album. What are we doing? We shouldn't have done oh, this. Oh my Tip- God, it's <laughs> over. It's Tip- over, man." Typical and, Mike uh, Park. you know, Mike, he, worry he was worry. right. Well, he was very prescient, as it turned out. Yeah. Like, it turned that year. And uh, whereas you could basically sell, you could get, de- like, I don't know, sell, you pretty easily sell 10,000 copies of an album, yeah. which, depending on how you look at it, if you're a teenage kid, that's pretty impressive. Um, and suddenly that just, pew, Crashed. What it caused? Just it, what caused it to crash? Did, did, does culture just shift into the new thing? I'm always so curious about how these trends 
just morph into yeah. something? Did Ska become something else? Or is well, Ska I, just oh. preserved like a jelly? Oh, wow. <laughs> it's, um... <laughs> Like you know, jelly. I think it, more than a lot of genres, it hit this saturation point. I've never seen so many yeah. uh, CDs at the time and compilations. Compilations Cops that would have had many, many um, installments and like 30 bands per. Yeah. And the quality kept dropping where it's like everybody's piling on and you can't, it's hard to find stuff that has real care and craft in it and um i think that was a big factor but you know all all trends do it and uh oh we lost them uh, did we or is that yeah you got someone on the oh no lost them that's so we're still doing the podcast though oh it's, we're still yeah on we're it. still on it yeah so weird he's eating his burrito he's eating his burrito right now yeah we keep this thing running that's how the podcast works I'm here. Yeah. I, I tell you. Where to now? Oh, We've been my God. I can around, hear my voice. Around Santa Monica. Yeah, I'm, I'm not hanging sure. Up. Um, we're going to probably, terrible. whenever we get Rick back on the phone, we'll probably, you know, it could be Santa Monica. It just could be kind of dodgy service over here. Hold oh. on. It could be. That's the only thing I could think of. Mm-hmm. Um, we're still going, though, everybody. I'm, oh, here he comes. You there? Rick? Hello. I mean, I, yeah. I got. I'm your, you're hooked in. What the hell is going on? I know. What? Something's going on. I think it's. Uh, I think it's Santa Monica. Maybe. Oh, here we go. Gotcha. Hello. We got gotcha. you. Sorry about that. Go. Hey, uh, lesson learned. Never bringing up chemtrails ever again. Yeah, we've been getting a lot. Of, yeah, this podcast has gone all over the place today. It's gone. Anyways, um, no, I figure we we were just talking about. We'll probably drive uh, around. Why, uh, I, I go basically ahead. got. You guys cut off when you were talking about a lot of compilation albums. We yes. hit a saturation point with ska, and then it was just... Did it just, like, dry up overnight? Was it kind of a... Or was it a gradual thing that took a couple of months for people <laughs> to kind of lose interest in the in that specific genre? It definitely happened in the course of a year, and yeah. um, that seemed very fast. It was like, wait, what? What's happening? We're just, you know doing our thing i didn't really think it was gonna crash that right. fast but by 99 it was very palpable and there was a sort of something in the collective ska unconsciousness where um it became embarrassing all of a sudden and it was like this big joke it was like the uncoolest right. thing you could be yeah it definitely yeah. shifted into like um it, yeah, it just lost its cool for some reason. Because I was slugging it out in the the latter years, and I'd go, I'd still go to ska shows, and you just would see like pretty poor turnouts. Um, yeah. And I remember just from my experience, a lot of bands started doing um, tr like they tried to do records that um, weren't ska, so they kept the band going. Like Let's Go Bowling did a record that was really uh -huh. really bad. Um, yeah. I mean, no knock on them, but it was just like they were this really great ska band, and then they just tried to do a rock record. Um, and then um, Blue Meanies did the same thing. And then Slow Gherkin, you did a shift record, but it actually sounded really good. Oh, thanks. Uh, which was uh, called Run Screaming. Um, which, Apt title, if I do say so myself. Yeah, Run Screaming from the ska scene. Um, yeah. But... Uh, <laughs> It that was it's got a it's got a dog on the cover which is nice. Yep. 
And, um, yeah, I remember I really actually enjoyed that. And that when did Run Screaming come out? Uh, 2002. Okay. Right when we met. How about that? That makes um, sense. If you, uh, you won't be able to see it. If you turn left on 14th, you can see where I got coupon. I'm going to turn left anyways. We'll just see. Okay. Um, no, this is on, well, you'll see it on YouTube. Should we throw to, I can't remember what the dog shelter is called. Anyway, um, yeah, I mean, so we were susceptible to that too, to that feeling of like, this is so uncool. And what we didn't realize is, I would argue that it was never, like cool isn't the right word for ska. Ska was a, a kind of music where people would show up and frantically run in place with maximum elbows and knees and yeah. sweat and be pink-faced, and all whatever windows were in the venue were opaque with condensed sweat. Yeah. Steam. And no one was trying to look cool. Yeah. And uh, I it would argue an ener- that... energy thing. It's an yeah. energy thing, and because you're not trying to look cool, it's one of the most inclusive yes. kinds of music I've ever uh, been associated with. And I, I miss that, and I guess I'm more... Yeah aware of it every time we reunite yeah uh, yes Scott is it is fucking fun to dance to it's got it's those horns and just the driving drum beats and yeah it's uh I could see it coming back you know I mean things always kind of recycle and where do you know anything about the history of Scott and like where it came from and do I ever, you know, just, like, how Chris, the hell, it, it's obviously a fusion of something. Where did that, who started it, the ska? Uh, you, in broad strokes, could say a band called the Scatolites from Jamaica, Jamaica. and uh, it's an amazing writer named John mm. Jeremiah Sullivan. We're going to add this to this podcast episode's <laughs> syllabus. Yeah. I, if you just look up John Jeremiah Sullivan ska, he he tracked it down to about five records and between those five records is the origin of ska music that has to do with uh, forms that are indigenous to Jamaica and then the R&B records that were going back and forth and a few very influential guys who were going between America and Jamaica and um, so it was never, I mean, I don't, I, you could probably say this about any genre, but it was never this pure thing that sprang out of yeah. somebody's head fully formed. It had its yeah. own roots. Uh, roots, you know, its own various roots from the beginning. So there was always this uh, notion of uh, purity once, you know, once 90s Scott came along when it's like, you are whatever appropriating this sound from the uh, 60s and um, mm. it it also has really strong roots in London too like well, uh, yes. with the two-tone sound and the two-tone sound is basically like direct influence from Jamaica goes to England you get a lot of big bands from there yeah and but that uh, was actually uh, you know two-tone was Coventry it was real working class where you had people immigrating from the West Indies, I believe, to, I, there might have been auto factories around Coventry, but real gritty working class stuff, and that's, I think, part of why bands like The Specials were biracial, is that was yes. that was a community up there. 
it was an understanding that it wasn't just like a, a segregated world. It was, you know, stronger together, united kind of yeah. bands and all of this stuff. Cause that was the working class. Yeah. Um, I'm sure it's more involved more, than that. Yeah, yeah definitely. That, that's my, that's my basic. broad stroke over it. Yeah. See, Rick, you don't even need to be in this podcast. We could just talk about ska for the I know. 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, but no, I, um, I just know that from, I could see the direct influence from the two-tone sound into bands like, if you talk to Mike Park, and we have to get him back on the podcast, um, you, you, they, two-tone is a huge influence on like bands like Skanga Pickle and uh, Voodoo Glow Skulls and this kind of early 90s generation of ska music that then influences Slow Gherkin. That's how I kind of see it go down. Yeah, it's... I (laughs) wouldn't necessarily call it an evolution. Um, But yeah, it's, I don't know, uh, you could say a lineage at least. Sure. You can, it just, you go from step to step and... um, pick up things and drop things Hmm. and i don't think that's an indicator of quality it's not the farther you get away from the scatolites and desmond decker and guys like that the worse it gets necessarily no that's definitely not how it is yeah it's just uh but there there's a right now in la there's a huge um uh mexican ska scene it's really big um, and that's kind of your fourth is, wave. It's huge. Is it called yeah. Mexican ska, or is there like another name for it? No, I mm. think it's just ska. But it's like, it's that they're all you know uh, Mexican American kids living in SoCal. It's like a SoCal scene. Yeah, but then there's yeah. a lot of bands in Mexico, Mexico oh City. That Some are, of our uh, we played a show with a band called La Lupita at the Santa Cruz Vets Hall. Uh-huh. All time one of our best favorite shows. Because they're a huge band in Mexico. And uh, they had a thing where it was very poppy. And then they had, I think, two metalheads in the band. Uh-huh. So it was like this pop ska and then just shroup, 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 and back to ska. <laughs> um, but amazing band. And it was almost entirely Latino kids. I don't know if any of our fans were there at all. Yeah. But they they just took it up entire to an entirely new level yeah i'm not um, super familiar with it now but i know that it's really strong oh man mm. it's amazing um, is sublime is sublime considered ska or am i they were they? all over the shop if you yeah. you know take their song wrong way that is straight up ska and yeah. it shows you i mean it's a pretty brilliant song in that it it's so minimalist it's three guys on a trombone solo that's yeah. all it takes really um, i love that song I have to say it's a, it's a bop. Definitely. Did I, am I saying that right? Bop. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Sublime. They're uh, Sublime though. They were always like the they were like a little too popular <laughs> for ska bands, right? You know, because they but they were they definitely like were capturing more of a vibe and an energy, and they're totally the Long Beach sound. Um, yeah. Wait, what know? do you mean too popular? Wait, you can't be popular and be ska? There was a stigma there. It was always like sell out. That was still a thing. That we kind of borrowed from the punk scene, I think, when oh, bands would go out, yeah. to major labels. But um, yeah, yeah, it's funny to think back. You know, we were playing a show at Slim's in San Francisco, and this is like, what? Is Bradley died. Bradley died, and you know, the singer of Sublime mm-hmm. had just OD'd, and I think they'd just come through Santa Cruz, and it was a real mess. He was late and very fucked up, and uh, then he was gone. We played the ca- our local 
place the catalyst i guess that was uh 94 and we went to load in and one of these old sound guys was like who's this the nirvana tribute act we're like oh, that's a weird thing to say <laughs> and then a minute later it was like dick. oh kurt cobain died whoa yeah oh shit yeah it's, yeah well it's it's it is fun um what am I trying to say here? It's it's weird. I, what I'm getting at is that reminds me just of like how music trends are changing so much. But it's nice that um, there are still shows where there's bands setting up and playing because it's a lot of DJ-driven stuff now, which is really fun too. But um, it's not. It, it I've noticed, especially when we were playing those shows up north, um, it's more and more of a unique thing to get like a band of people together <laughs> and they're all playing instruments on yeah. stage. And, yeah. and that's oh, kind of getting it going to be the next trend where it's like um you know you want to go see a dj or do you want to see an actual band performing music i fucking hope so i have to say it was disappointing to me in new york to see the basic live band experience almost go extinct and everyone's like playing the tracks or there's no drummer i can't i i have a panic attack if i see a any kind of music act without a drummer right i can't i yeah. can't hang with that and um i was just starved for bands that played and fed off each other you know and this the the value of an energetic uh connection seemed to be lost and you know it was about looking cool and getting the the sound that was like whoa this is the next thing man so Rick, we're we're getting pretty close here to uh, getting back to James's place. Did you uh, did okay, you have any yeah. other questions? Because we're getting around the the end period of the show, anyways. Yeah, we are. Um, I I wanted to ask, uh, what are you, what are you currently listening to? Like, what's uh, oh, good cue. What, what's what's getting you excited right now? Good cue, good cue. Well, I will say, I, I there are no de- details I can't get into right now, but I'm really. I have a goal of starting a band this year. Great. Um, yeah, I've. There's some nice. some little things underway. Some guys I'm starting to play with, and I'm privately extremely excited about it. Nice. And it's it's like nothing I've ever played before. Hmm. <laughs> we were actually playing last night, and I brought in a song that goes from very slow to very fast. And the first comparison was like, yeah, that sounds like early Soundgarden. Like, oh yes! All right, cool. And then it kind of goes into a no effects part. So go fucking figure. But, <laughs> um, but as far as what I'm listening to, I've been trying to decide if it should be a melodic band or I should do my usual kind of barking. I like to describe it as Kermit the Frog being strangled. That's my brand. Yeah. As an artist. Uh huh. Wait, and, Kermit uh, the Frog. He already sounds like he's being strangled, though. Yeah, but just just it's, kick yeah, that yeah, up a notch, yeah, and pitch that's it up. that's my sound. Okay, um, cool. So, yeah. on the way to practice yesterday, I was listening to Sunny Day Real Estate, and mm. then I played my girlfriend. She she'd never heard the band Health, and I Whoa. fucking love those oh, guys. Oh god, I love Health. Yeah, they're amazing. And it's so grating and industrial, but then pop. You know, that guy sounds like. Ben Gibbard or something. Yeah. And that really works for me. And one of the best shows I've seen in the last couple of years was um, Glassjaw from Long Island. Oh, I think. God, okay. I love Glassjaw. Aren't they from Long Island? They I are. think so. Yeah. Yeah. Also melodic. And so I'm nice. wondering if I 
have that in me. Um, I think you that's do. Yeah, you're gravitating towards it. It sounds Chodo, like Chodo Ghetto was. I was really influenced by Glassjaw. I loved that band. Yeah, fucking so such a powerful live show. But I'm trying to think of new stuff I'm listening to. I love. There's an album by Soccer Mommy coming out that just, you know, punched me right in the face. Um, I I've been trying to listen to, you know, advanced streams of stuff. So I, I had the illusion of being with it at work. Um, Taurus is great. T O R R E S. Okay. Yeah. This one I really I've like. Heard of them. I haven't heard of them. Black Lips has an awesome country album coming out. Black Lips is great. Yeah. Um, God, who else? You know, someone I keep going back to. I just love is Pusha T. <laughs> he kind of keeps dropping singles, and um, I just think his his lyrical craft is amazing, and he can be really funny. Yeah. I he, love that his signature thing is, yuck, yuck. <laughs> it's something, I'm not doing it quite right, but that's that's like, oh, it's Pusha T. That's his, yuck. That is definitely a, yeah. <laughs> well, he's kind of, Pusha T's kind of also like the, he's like the influence of like a big sound of hip hop. Like a lot of people have kind of pulled from him. Yeah, and I don't think, it seems like he hasn't quite got his due. No. Like he is one of those guys behind the guy. Didn't he do a Kanye record? I can't remember. Did, when Kanye was doing like all of those records. Well, Kanye has produced some of his stuff. That's what it and is. He's the yeah. president of Good Music. Oh, okay. Um, and so they've definitely collaborated. There's a weird, cool song called "Lunch Money" that Kanye produced. Um, Munch Munch. <laughs> uh, Lunch Money. Oh, okay. Lunch like, Money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was fucking I heard you hungry. Say Munch Munch. Wow. Um, Rick, um, we're we're pulling up to to James's place, man. Okay, James, man, that was. Uh, that was great. I, I wish we could talk more. I know. I always get into this. At the end, I, I have a hard time saying goodbyes because I always want to know more, and I feel like when we finally get into the groove, I wanted to get your take on chemtrails, but we can leave that for another day. <laughs> you know, um, I would have to educate he, myself on that. But but yeah, yeah let's 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 uh, you know meet up sometime. Yeah, maybe we yeah, could do definitely. a Thirsty Thursday or something like that. Mm, come oh, on down to Thirsty yeah. Thursday. <laughs> but, uh, so um, how's this work? Do you uh, close out the podcast now, Rick? I, uh, yeah, I, I close it out. Um, and, yeah, we'll, we'll make it really easy. I'm excited to uh, let our audience, uh, you know, aware of your band, and we get to show some of these clips. And it was a lot of fun. And I, I'm excited to hear about your new, uh, your new adventures into this new thing that you got uh, drumming up. I think that's awesome. Thank you so much. That's, That's really uh, good yeah, to man. hear. And thank you, Rick yeah, and Chris, no, for having us. Absolutely. Thanks, yeah, Coupon. Thank You're you good so dog. much. <laughs> yeah, and thank you, Coupon, for being so quiet. He's such a good dog. It's a, it's a he, right? Yeah, he's a good little guy. Yeah, nice. Isn't it weird that we just assume that all dogs are he's and all cats are she's? But, you know, it's 2020. You can't do that. You can't do that. You, gotta, you can't do that, you got to ask consent. Anyway, uh, okay. <laughs> thank you guys so much. I'll close it out, and uh, it was great having you on, James. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. All right, Rick. Close All right, it guys. out. All right. Take care, guys. Take care. Later. Bye. All right. Well, that was a great podcast. That was a lot of fun. Um, it was, uh, I was really getting into it, you know, towards the end there. And then, of course, we got to cut it. This has been a long one, um, but uh, James is a really uh, interesting guy. I love... I love music. I don't know anything about it uh, in terms of like how to start a band or how to write a song. So I'm always fascinated by musicians and how they're able to keep that muscle uh, flexed and uh, continue down that path. It's got to be tough out there, but I, I imagine it's similar to filmmaking and acting and all the other creative 
arts and um yeah love ska big fan i'm excited to see what james is gonna do next and uh really cool that he works for playboy although i haven't read a playboy mag in a while now um i gotta check him out now because uh our boy james is a uh, executive editor over there well this was a great podcast um looking forward to the next one and the next one after that this uh little thing called life it never ends well i guess it does end but you know it always goes on Uh, i don't know what i'm talking about here i'm trying to be profound and i'm coming off like a dumbass anyway chemtrails are real look up in the sky and uh have a great uh have a great monday everybody and thanks so much for tuning in to bumper to bumper you can uh, listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. And we are on the lovely YouTube. So I wish you all well. And thank you so much for tuning in. Goodbye. <laughs>